This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. And now, The Art Collective with Stephen Christian. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of The Art Collective. I am so excited. This is going to be such a great episode. And I'm not just saying that. I feel like I say that every time, but every time it's it's awesome. I, I love the fact I, I even have a chance to do a podcast. Um, I get to talk about things I enjoy, the things that, uh, that are on my mind. Like last week, we got to talk about politics, which was crazy. A lot of response, good and bad, but either way, hey, I enjoy the conversation. It, you know, I think we can learn a lot from each other. Um, this is a great episode because Tyson Matzenbacher, who is an incredible uh, singer-songwriter, and you may hear strange noises in the background like this one. Please do not leave your luggage unattended. If you hear anything in the background, that is because I am literally sitting in an airport here in Tampa, Florida. I am leaving to New- to beautiful, scenic Newark, New Jersey tonight, and where I'll have a two-hour layover, and I will arrive after that in 10 hours in Tel Aviv, Israel. And so I'm on an exciting adventure, and uh, I can't wait. It's my first time to Israel. I'm going to, you know, be walking around, see, you know, wow, where, you know, everything from, you know, the Guard of Gethsemane to, you know, where, you know, Rome conquered, you know, in 70 AD. It's just exciting. I love history. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the Hardcore History podcast, and I've been listening to, like, the Armageddon. He did a whole series on Armageddon, and I was listening to those just the last few days, so it's cool to be able to, like, walk where, you know, he's talking about. So, I'm joined next to me by my beautiful, lovely wife, Julia, who's not going to say anything, is she? Nope, there it is. She shook her head. So there, there you go. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. And uh, so to me, I, I think that everyone should travel. I think traveling is an incredible experience, you know, um, just to be able, for, for many different reasons. One, it's adventurous. I love adventure. I think that's why my wife is with me, because life is a series of adventures. Okay, no? All right, whatever. Or my stunning good looks. No, nothing. All right. Well, either way. Um, but I mean, I just I love it. I love I love traveling to different places and uh, just the adventure of all. I, I also enjoy the challenge of it. You know, it's it's kind of getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of what you're used to, um, trying something new. I think it opens up your eyes to to different cultures, to different architecture, to different art, to different food, to different people. Um, I think it helps you discover who you are and where you kind of want to end up. Uh, I think that uh, it also, uh, it's educational, you know, even kind of going to Israel and kind of, you know, I, I've read about this stuff, whether it was in history class or in the Bible or Josephus or whatever the case might be, I've, I've read about it and now I get to explore and experience and I'm positive when I get done with this, maybe in the next podcast, I'll kind of share what I learned. Um, and, uh, you know, that, it's so, it's so incredible to be able to walk, I mean, to where Jesus walked is, is to me is just like, I, I'm so excited. Um, I think it breaks down stereotypes and misconceptions we might have about different cultures or different different people. Um, I've never tried fish uh, that is kind of still the eyeball still in it, so I'm going to try that. And just cause, you know, maybe what if I like it? What if it tastes like brownies? Who knows? No. All right. Well, whatever. So, um, you know, this is called the Art Collective. And a lot of it is based on, I mean, the, the reason for it to be here is kind of to inspire and to encourage, to, to learn from each other, to, 
to figure out how creativity operates and how we get in, how we, we as um, creative types or kind of find our inspiration. And so, you know, I think that travel fits right into that because, you know, one of my favorite books, it was called The Good Earth, but and it was written by Pearl S. Buck. But if she was, you know, if she had not been to China, she would never have written about that. She wouldn't have written about the culture, the people, the land. She wouldn't have writ- written about kind of, because she, she, she experienced it. She lived it. And um, so to me, to grow in creativity, to be inspired, to find that inspiration, I think traveling is, is, is not, I'm not going to say essential, but it's, but I think that it definitely can open up to, uh, to, to, to new and different concepts that may not have crept into your art or may not have crept into your book or your music um, if you had not done so. So this episode was brought to you by Sixth Rent a Car because, uh, yeah, I really like them. It's not like they pay me or anything, but I think you should check them out. So if you're going to go on holiday or vacation or you're going to travel the world, check out and see if Sixth Rental Car is there because I just traveled and used them a couple times and they're freaking amazing. So that King State Coffee because everybody needs a little bit of caffeine in their life. And uh, go online and search King State Coffee. And um, other than that, here is the Art Collective with uh, Tyson Matzenbacher. I hope I got that. I got that right. We were just discussing before we started this how people will say like, you know, my name's not Lindsay, it's Lindsay. I just got to, you know, make sure that it's how you want it pronounced, you know. Yeah. No, but, right. uh, yeah. Same with, same with you. I was, it was, I was like, is it Stephen or Stefan? You're like, you can call me either one. You get Stefan. I like it. Yeah. Stefan Christian. Stefan. The Stephane. in is silent. Christian. Uh, anyway, that's awesome. So where am I finding you today? Where are you at I'm in, in world? San Diego. How about you're in, where are you at? I'm right now in St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay, awesome. Yes, I live in New Mexico. I'm here. Um, randomly, I'm going to Israel tomorrow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, you just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling again. So. Yeah, are you, are you playing over there? <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm just going, you know, they're kind of doing one of those walk or Jesus walk kind of tours. And yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of doing the worship for it. So oh, man, that's my awesome. pastor, Skip Heitzig, is kind of leading the, the tour. And then I'm kind of... Uh, playing music so music will take you crazy places my friend you should probably you should probably get in it oh yeah i'll give it a shot i'll give it a shot <laughs> hey also on a on a side note man songs for the late night is awesome thanks i really so appreciate good. that tyson thank yeah. you very much that's really cool of you um yeah <laughs> so this is your first if i have it right this is your first lp because you've done two eps prior to this right exactly yeah this is the first full length that's awesome man so are you nervous are you excited yeah i mean i i'm uh, i'm both i think like when you have I mean, I'm sure you've gone through this a lot of times too, but you have, when you have a project that, cause I've, I've had it finished for all, like almost two years now. Oh man. Yeah. So I've, just, I've just been sitting on it forever. And, and, uh, I think like when you have it for that long, it's like, and the people that you give it to are at least that I've given it to have been like pretty excited about it. But, but now when you're actually going to put it into the world, it's like a whole new, it's a whole new experience of like, okay, like, well, I guess you just throw this into the, into outer space and see what happens. And so, right. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I'm excited. I'm excited to like get it out from underneath me for sure. I know two years, man. That is a long time. I mean, have you written since then? Yeah, I actually have like almost a whole nother record ready See, to go. Oh, so. man, and that's hard because like you know I feel like for most writers, or at least for myself, is that give me two years and I'm a different person. Totally. You know what I'm saying I'm I'm totally into different things. I've the demons that I faced on one record, I've completely conquered on the next. So yeah. how how is the transition? Are you noticing a huge difference in the songs already? 
Yeah, well, like th like this project was a was a huge. I think one of the reasons why it's been such a such a long and kind of crazy process is that it was a kind of like the 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 way that I went through my or the way that I was working through the things in my life at the time when I was writing and recording this record was like kind of the one of the big shaping points in my life. So I think that like where I'm at with it now is like those like kind of the process of making this record was in a lot of ways like kind of dealing with those things. And so where I'm at now is like I feel like those things are kind of settled in a way, but I'm I'm still like kind of so I'm always kind of working through that. But yeah, it's very much like okay, that there there's a new whole new phase in my life, whole new chapter in my life now that I'm kind of moving into. So yeah, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. So Letters to Lost Lost Loves um you can order it right now on toothandnail.com. But I think when listening to your record, I admire a lot of stuff, but I think for me, the biggest one is kind of like the storytelling. Mm. It's almost as if, it kind of sounds like we're interrupting a conversation you were having with yourself. You know, somehow we got into your train of thought. And like, I think I think that's absolutely evident in, in your name, the song in your name. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you develop that style? Like, where did that come from? Do you listen to artists that, that kind of speak like that that you know where, where where's the lyrical influence yeah that i mean that song in particular was one that i was um i i like i i think i wrote that song and i a few days later i played it for a couple of my friends and it was one that i was like i'll never i'll never play this song like i'll never play it i won't record it it's just kind of a thing for me and um yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. Like, I think that there are, there are other artists with, like, obviously, there's a ton of artists that have a similar style to me, but um, that song in particular was really just like, basically, it was I was going through this this process with my mom being sick and and uh, and people talking to me about at the same time, like me watching my whole family and all of our friends praying for her health, and meanwhile, all these people in my communities talking about all of the things that God was answering their prayers about at the same time, you know, like, like that he would keep the rain off the church potluck and that like the basketball <laughs> team would like oh, that the man. basketball team would, would be better at their free throws or whatever. And all these like crazy claims that like, Oh, like praise God, he really came through for us on the, you know, on the, on the, that our stove wouldn't break for this dinner or whatever. And it's like, man, it, it just, that just came from this like sort of like this, these two kind of, opposing thought thoughts in my mind or, or, or like paradigms, I guess, of, of the way that people think about what God does and does not do. And it was me saying like, man, like if this, this thing is so important and if, if God is like super powerful, is all powerful, then him keeping the weather away and him healing someone is the same difficulty. Right. Right. And so why is, why does he choose to do the things that he does? And so uh, that was kind of like the, that was just sort of like a me trying to like write out in the way of like me putting these two different paradigms and how do I believe which, which one do I believe and why? And so that was, that was where that song came from. And um, so with, with, yeah. you know, what is it? Which, which, what is the paradigm? What did you settle on? Man, I, that's, that's one that I continue to really, to really struggle with because like in, in my, like one of the cores of the things that I believe are that, at the core of everything that I believe is that like there are, there is, there is so much happening that we don't see, right. That I'm like kind of a mystic in that regard, right. Like that there, there are unseen things happening. Um, and that like, I believe that God is at work like in our lives. Um, but 
I, I have no idea what he does and does not do. And I think maybe, maybe the place that I came to in that song more than anything wasn't deciding what he was and was not doing. It was more saying like, it was more deciding that we need to be careful when we are claiming what he is doing. I think, I think, I think it more came from a place of, of myself than it came from like a broader understanding of the universe or whatever. (laughs) Right. I can see that, you know, I, I, I told, yeah, that's a, that's a big topic to deal with, especially like in, and you know, with your mom being sick, that was, that was a couple of years ago. So you're still pretty young, you know, like that's, that's that's hard to take, but uh, you know, because I don't think a lot of people have to deal with those type of wrestling with God <laughs> yeah. kind of things till later on in their life. So, how do yeah. you think that? How do you think the entire, not only writing, recording, family, uh, like all the above, how do you think that you see it entwined into your music? You know, like how do you do you do you hold stuff back? You know, or are you just kind of one of those like, hey, I'm just gonna let it all, you know, here put it all on the table. Well, that's that's like that's a great question and that's one of the hardest the, I mean that's one of the hardest things to decide as an artist right is like how much how much of of my life am I willing to throw out into the world right and like um sort of publicly struggle through things and um I think that like with this record one of one of the things that I really started one of the things that I considered really early on was like, what do I actually want to be, like, what do I actually want to be telling people, right? Like, what do I actually want, if I if I am going to be in a place where I'm going to be telling people something, like, what do I want to be telling them? And I think that what I, what I decided early on that I didn't want to be was, like, someone that was, like, yelling into the abyss for someone to, like, console me, for, like, the people of the world to console me or whatever, but that I wanted to be a positive, like I wanted to be a positive force in that instead of a negative force. And so I think that like the sort of the, some of the songs that I decided to put on the record versus the ones that I didn't like, you know, you, you just said that like, yeah, I was, I was young and a lot of people don't have to deal with that until later. But, but ultimately like all of us at some point in our lives have a, have a, there is a collision between what we think that we believe and what, our circumstances are telling us is true and all of us are going to lose things that we love. We're all going to lose our families and we're going to lose our, we're going to lose friends and things that we hold very dear. And if I can be, I think that like, if I could be the voice in my experience saying like, this is a, this is a universal experience of being a human being. Um, and this is something that we are all going to do together then that was really what I wanted it to be. I wanted to be able to, I, I think I just want to be like, a, I would like to be a unifying force to like whatever, to whatever power that may be. But I, I want to be, I don't want to be like kind of six, like singling myself out. I'd like to be someone that is saying like, we are all, we are all here in this thing together. So. I think that's completely relatable too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, you know, even though like, on the first song, you kind of talk about niche Christian battles. It's something that, like, even if you're, you know, if you're from in the Western Hemisphere, you know, like, you can kind yeah. of, you know, see, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I like the satirical. I love, like, you know, he's kind of, like, raising up a militia to <laughs> to uh, to fight the, the war on Christmas. Yeah, the war. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, those are, those are, like, really great lines. Yeah. Um, and 
and for me, like this is totally a compliment, but and I hope you take it that way. But yeah. to me, you kind of have a northwestern sound, you mm. know. Like to me, it's kind of like Campfire OK meets Nick Drake, kind of. I don't know, just somewhere like somewhere. It just feels like you're a a, a, a illegitimate son of of Pink Moon, the album Pink Moon. Yeah. But but what what bands did you grow up on, and then? Which ones do you find when you listen back to your music? You're kind of like, oh man, I cannot believe subconsciously I totally, you know, am influenced or this part or this piece that I added was because of this band or this song that I loved as at five years old. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when I was a kid, um, I, I don't even remember what it was called, but do you remember, do you remember when you would get those things in the mail that had... Um, like where you would sign up for a monthly thing and they would send oh, you CDs in the mail. The BMG club, the that, BMG the, club. Yeah. Is that so what it's called, right? I, something, B, like something like that. It, it was definitely a club. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a club with letters. You were yeah. part of that club. Dude, yeah, that's so, so crazy I, that worlds have, you know, we, we, we've been connected in the same club for years now. Oh, have we? We're in the same club. That's we're awesome. In the same club. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got, I got one of those things and it was like, uh, it had all these different, you know, there was like, 40 options and they were in they were stamps like stickers yeah oh, pulled the wasn't stickers that the off. best part the coolest that was that, by far the that best was part. The, yeah oh man you're yeah. just like trying it's almost like you're trying to find yourself like who am i right these 12 records well that's awesome and yeah, those totally they totally them. did actually so like that in that thing i got like i just picked the covers that i thought were the coolest and i ended up with like some amazing records so i got like i got like Beck's mutations and one of the Le- like Zed- Led Zeppelin four, and one of the early Radiohead records, like just man, be- you I, lucked out, completely lucked out. Like I could have, <laughs> I could have ended up with like like puddle Mariah of mud Carey's and spoon like or, or, or record <laughs> hole, not spoon. Yeah, like I could have. There's so many bad ones. Yeah, the Mariah Carey oh. Christmas. Record. Yeah, so so this I, cover just looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a good sticker. I like that Christmas sticker. So, <laughs> so I did that, and I got a bunch of those, a bunch of those records, and those were like kind of shaped my early, my early days. But it was a lot of that. Actually, when you talk about like Northwest music, that was a huge part of growing up. Like um, when I was in when I was in high school, I grew up in this town called Pullman, Washington, which is like it's basically a it's a college with a town stuck to the side of it in, a, in the middle of a wheat field in like the frozen eastern Washington, and wow. so. Um, they had this huge college there, but every summer all the college kids go home. And so um, they have a college radio station, but they don't have anybody to like man the college radio station in the summer. So all the high school kids that were like sort of into music would just take the college radio station over and had like a full broadcast of like... That's awesome. And so we would go in there and we would just like pull records off the shelves. But I remember like, you know, getting the Postal Service record when it came and like some like like... You can like Death Cab for Cuties. You can play these songs with chords, like some of the very, very early like Death Cab for Cutie records, and yeah, of course, like all that like the Nick Drake stuff and Modest Mouse and all that like Northwest rock and roll music, and because um, that kind of like the beginnings of indie rock, and that's always been a big part of my sound. I think that like to this day, I will listen to something that I've written. And I'm like, yeah, that I just completely ripped Ben Gibbard off on that, that thing right there. <laughs> that's so, awesome. That's, that's been a big part of not only my music, but also my life with kind of the Northwest uh, indie rock music. That makes sense. I mean, I can, yeah. Now that you say that Ben Gibbard, uh, you know, he's, he's really good at that kind of, I love how he can like look at a lamp, but he can tell you about 14 different details that you didn't even notice. And totally. I enjoy that, you know, like just, 
it's it's he's a, yeah he's a great lyricist and yeah so uh, what you know speaking of storytelling you know and i said earlier it's, it's i definitely see it as your one of your strongest suits is well can you tell us the story behind the house in the hills yeah totally i'm glad you asked that's that song's kind of like a it's one of my favorites on the record but it's it's kind of a it's kind of a quieter moment on the record it's kind of like yeah a, it's i in think the so middle. Um, yeah, so I, I was, uh, a few years ago, I went out to the World War One Museum in Kansas City, and uh, I was playing a, a thing out there, and some people were like, hey, we have the day off, like, let's go do the Kansas City thing, so we went to the World War One Museum, and I was walking through it, and I, I just was struck by, um, I was struck by this, this, like, feeling that, um, basically, it was just a whole, like, put aside all of the like the politics of the war or whatever. But basically all that it was, was just like millions of people sitting in the mud, hating, hating their life. Right. Like it was just like, it was hell on earth. It was like millions of people like stuck in this mud and everyone's dying. And the only good thing that happens is that you get to smoke a cigarette every five minutes. And that's like the only thing that you get to look forward to. And, and the, my, the whole point of that song is it's a song about this family. Um, it's a war song, kind of like a, I was listening to a lot of like kind of old Irish music, like folk music that talks about they'll recount these whole tales and they sing them in bars together and stuff. And um, and I was the whole point of that song when I was writing it was that like this family, it's about this family, um, these all these brothers that go off to war and they none of them come back. And the whole point of the of the song was that that could have been that family could have been anybody it doesn't say who they are they aren't they aren't good guys or bad guys they aren't like they those could have been nazis or they could have been americans working like in world war ii or they could have been you know um they could have been russians or this could have been they could have been any family fighting for any cause in the last you know since they were airplanes i guess because there's airplanes in that song but um the whole point is that like ultimately in war like it just means like when you kind of boil it down what war means is that like a whole household of like brothers who are trying to do the best in their communities they all die and that happens a hundred thousand times in every city in the world um and I, I think that just like looking back over time i like i really like history and thinking about like the causes of the war and who did what and why but Ultimately, I think that that's when you, when you say, what did this war mean? Um, I think it means that like a whole house full of people died everywhere. And um, that to me, I think is the heaviest, it's the heaviest part of war. Like I think if, if you can break something huge down into the smallest pieces and then wrap your mind around what that means and then multiply that idea in your mind, you can kind of get a grasp over like what something enormous means. Cause you can't like, you can't really wrap your mind around like the idea of like 80 million people died in Russia or whatever. Like you can't do that, but you can wrap your mind around like this one family who wanted to serve their community and loved each other. Nobody came back and that happened a bunch of times. So. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That is, um, but that's such a good song. I really enjoyed it. You know, just even the, yeah, I not, you know, I didn't know if it was like a metaphor or what, but now that you say that, it can, I, it all pulls it all together. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I love cere- cerebral, like nuances in music. Like, I don't know if you've heard the national, but like a oh, lot yeah. of their stuff, 
you can kind of, if you have headphones or, you know, like in-ears or whatever, yeah. you can kind of hear different, there's stu- or more stuff happening in the production. And yeah. uh, on your record, I kind of felt the same way when I was listening through. I was like, it makes me want to go and re-listen to the song because I feel like the production is one of those layered, you know, it just felt, it just felt amazing. Like it gave me the same vibe as like the national. Um not that it sounds the same, but you understand. Yeah. Just that I like nuances in music. Um, that was a great production. Who who produced the record? Yeah, so a really close friend of mine um, named Mike Adele. He lives in Victoria, British Columbia, and he and I have been playing music together forever. Like we met in two thousand five, and we've been kind of playing together ever since. So he's a really close friend of mine, and he's amazing in the studio. Um, but the way that that we did that thing is basically like we, he and I just kind of buried ourselves in the studio for like a couple weeks up in there's a studio up in Victoria, BC, like on Vancouver Island in Canada. And it's like off in the woods basically. And it's covered in blackberry bushes. Like you can't even see the studio cause it's the whole thing is just one That's blackberry awesome. bush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's really small. It's a small little studio, but it sounds awesome. And we basically just like, we had it for, I think we had it for two weeks and every day we would just wake up at, you know, whenever and, drive over there and we'd be there until you know two or three in the morning every day and it was i I love that you said that because that was really what it was was like it was building layers and layers and layers of sound and um and a bunch of parts that you can't hear um you can't really hear them if you're listening but you can get the you can get the sense that it's it's not a normal sound because it's a bunch of sounds together on a thing which is fun talking to musicians about it because they can hear that stuff like you so it's awesome no, I, yeah, I really, you can really show that, you know, you guys put, I guess I would call it details, details onto yeah. the record, you know? Yeah. Um, that makes for an interesting listen, like second and third and fourth time through, you know, it doesn't make it monotonous. You're kind of just yeah. like picking up on, on new different things. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking right now with Tyson Matzenbacher. He was record Letters to Lost Loves. I guess the the podcast is called The Art Collective. Is there any inspiration outside of music you find yourself um, uh, you know, that you see into your music, like for instance, like, you know, whether it's painting or whether it's another, an author, a writer, a poet, is there any other type of like art that you're inspired by? Man, I'm a, I'm a big reader. I was a, I was a English major in college and I always thought that I'd like to write books one day and, and stuff like that. And so I, I'm a I'm a huge huge fan of of literature. Like I'm reading a Marilyn Robinson book right now called Gilead. That's really been shaking my world up. But I think when I was when I was doing this record, um, I was reading a lot of Steinbeck books, and kind of being in California and and like kind of seeing all these little, um, these little like uh, pockets of communities and these characters. I think that once when when at least for me when I'm reading Steinbeck, you, you sort of look at you look at people in places in particular a lot different because Steinbeck's able to kind of like take these weird little details out and make them a huge part of a person's care or a place's character. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that like that in general has been a, like Steinbeck's just been a big, a big influence for me, but I, I like all of the art is stuff that I, I always wish I could like draw, like I can't really draw. (laughs) Um, but I think I think like art obviously like informs our our worldview and and the way that we think about stuff and the way that we create things. So um, yeah, what what about for you? Are you are you are you a, an artist or like a visual artist? 
No, I wish I was. I, I'm in the same exact book. Yeah. I mean, book. Uh, same exact exact place you are. Like, I would love to be, man. I would love to be yeah. able to like paint or draw or just any type of. I, I feel like it'd be so serene. But I'm just way too ADHD. So yeah. I can't. If I was like, I'm gonna paint a giant mountainscape, and it would be like you know a lot of the things that look like M's aligned through it, and then me off onto something else. Yeah, you know? and then like, it'd so, be over. <laughs> yeah, totally. that'd be over. Like, okay, I'm done. That was 15 minutes of my life. I'm good. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just I you know I think that a lot of a lot of great inspiration does come from books, like you're saying, like yeah. Steinbeck and just other authors and stuff like that. It's it's funny how that even you know there was one time that I was reading The Road, yeah, and it was so bleak, and I saw it starting to seep and creep into my writing totally. on, on lyrics. I'm like, man, I, I I'm not trying to make a bleak record. I'm just inspired by my surroundings. You know, it just seems like that. But if you had to, so you said that you're an English major. Like, if, if yeah. you were going to write a book, what would what would be the topic? What do you think that that you would? You have you always like want to? I want to write a book on, so, you know, World War One, Kansas City, yeah, housewives. Man, I mean. So I actually one of the things that I did when I when I started this this project like I did a Kickstarter for it and it was that I I wanted to write a book that went along with this record so it was like I wanted to write short stories that were going to be like music like literary music videos was my sort of my idea that's awesome so I so I did that I wrote that one and um that was a lot of fun and it was like a million times harder than I thought it was going to be <laughs> like it was so much work. And it was so hard and like going through the editing process is like just excruciating. Um, but I, I was excited about, I was excited about how I like it. I was excited about finishing it. I think like, I was just so glad that I did it. Um, so I think I'll write something again soon, but, um, but I, it's a bit, it's a little bit on the back burner for now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, but Hey man, go for it. I mean, if you can do yeah. it, if you could stay with it, I would, man, that, I think, you know, even adding in stuff like that, you know, I know that was a lot of work yeah. and, uh, but I think, uh, I think fans appreciate that, mm -hmm. you know, it's another way to get into your psyche, to get into your life, to see what yeah. you're all about. And so I, I, you know, I appreciate it. Plus, I mean, people like, you know, it feels like with the future of music, you have to kind of add something more than just a song. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to give them something of your own. And I think that's a great way yeah. is a kind of a companion book or a companion piece to, to every record. Yeah. I don't know. I, I highly suggest that, man. I think that's a great idea from here on out. Just yeah. write a book every time. If you can do it, that'd yeah. be incredible. But where, where is the future of music going? And in particular hmm. for you as well. I mean, do you see yourself as the Spotify generation? Do you see yourself as kind of like, hey, if we don't return to our roots or vinyl or what, what do you think? your you know the future of music is for you man that's such a good question and it's actually something like you know you go to like every time i go to nashville i feel like every bar in nashville it's what everybody's talking about every night and i don't really know what to say you know it's like right it's like i yeah i don't know i, I don't like you know people all seem to have like an idea of where it's going to go and especially like i think artists are hopeful that it'll that it'll work out in our favor but um man my my overwhelming feeling and i am i'm like kind of an unwavering optimist especially when it comes to like thinking about the future and maybe that's a coping mechanism but <laughs> um, <laughs> but i just i just i've just seen in my own life like um i think that if you can find a way to connect with people like if you can find if you can find a way to connect in, with people and have sort of that human interaction 
that like it, it just seems to turn it just seems to work out like i mean i i, I mean i that's that's maybe even too naive but my my point of it is that i think that like in the past it was you could kind of make a record and then you do this it goes into the machine right and the machine shoots shoots the records out all over the world and then the people go buy them and there's never that kind of like that um face to face or like the who is this artist like that was the the whole like idea of like a a mysterious artist was because they could be like you didn't need to know anything about you know jimmy page or whatever because he was this mysterious guy up on stage who was supposed to be secretive and like magic or whatever and now it's like I, i i see a lot of the artists that i really admire are so personal with their fans they're so like doing stuff like podcasts and like um, or they're doing different types of tours that are more conversational and they're really involved in the, their like social media in, in a personal non promoty way. Um, and that for me is really exciting. Like to be able to say like, man, I know who these people are more or less. And like, I, I like to talk to them and some of them, I know what's going on in their lives. And like, um, that, that for me is really fun. Like kind of having like that personal handshake with the people that are involved in what you're doing is maybe not as on a huge scale like fiscally uh, but it feels really rewarding to me so i i have no idea where it's going but where i'm sitting right now it looks like it's going to be okay i think <laughs> awesome yeah. well good well i wish you all the best in the world and 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 i i know this record's going to be great i mean if if people just give it a chance like even just listen to it once i think they'll be hooked like i was so you can get the copy on toothandnail.com it is called letters to lost loves and in closing uh tyson what book would best characterize you if i had to read one john steinbeck steinbeck book and you should say hey my personality is the closest to this book or this character of his who would you say it would be or what book would it be oh man that is such a good question um if we were going steinbeck um i think that hey we can open it up we can open Open it 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 up you know what i'm saying it doesn't have to be man that's a great great question um when i was a kid i would have said huck finn I would have said that That's for good. Sure. That's good. I like it. I always like really resonated with him like putting his church clothes on and then wanting to go roll in the mud. Um <laughs> I think I think now there's uh probably my one of my favorite Steinbeck books, which is not his best. Um, but like Cannery Row and Tortilla Flats and some of the Monterey um stories that he did. Those are my favorite. Um, just because of how he kind of connects he sort of captures the town. So I don't know how that would really be part of me. Maybe because I like to drink like wine and big bottles, but <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <Yeah. laughs> well said. On that note, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, this thank you, amazing. man. This is really good, fun. Good to get you. to know you. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew we had so much in common? You play music. We are both part of a, the club, the BMG, you know, recording club. We are club Just, members. So we should have a club sandwich sometime. <laughs> it's on me all right <laughs> all right well thanks so much for being here yeah. i appreciate it man cheers steven take care thank you so much for listening to the podcast we really appreciate it listen if you haven't already please go to itunes and yeah go to itunes subscribe that's you know that's how this podcast stays in business hey it's free you really don't have to pay a single dollar to listen to this podcast hear the interviews discover new music discover new authors but hey we need your help. So please go subscribe to The Art Collective. I really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. And give me a call. My number is all over my social media 
Uh, that's the 615 number. So please give me a call. Leave your messages. Text me. Uh, I would love to hear your questions. I want to answer them. I want to get to know what you want this podcast to become, what you like, what you don't like. And be honest. It's not going to get better unless you have a little bit of honesty. So I'll talk to you next time. And until then, I don't know. I was looking for a catchphrase. What's my catchphrase, Julia? I need a catchphrase. Come on. Just whatever you say. Whatever you say right this second is because of my catchphrase. Quick. My throat hurts. She says my throat hurts. So, hey, until next time, my throat hurts.